All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Smash Trivia. I'm your host, Smash Trivia John. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. My searching Smash Trivia to follow everything happening with me. I'll be the one with the big old green head in the profile picture. So excited to get into this. This is the Gamma Analysis. Basically, in this series, I'm going to review everything Hulk, all the movies and TV shows. Hope you enjoy Smash Trivia Presents, the Gamma Analysis. I want to ask everyone listening, please do sign for me. Please share the hell out of this podcast with all your friends. All right. So. We planned on having a Quantumania review along with rants. I uh, I have split those up. Uh, up so this episode you're listening to now so, uh, will be the Quantumania review. The other one says it's a Quantumania review at the beginning, but it's really not. Uh, uh, not. <laughs> um, this will be the actual Quantumania review. It'll be probably a little bit shorter than a normal episode. Uh oh, but. We uh we we should have a great uh, a great fun time. I think you'll enjoy listening to our thoughts on this film. Uh, um, Smash Trivia has a Patreon, so please check that out. We have some fantastic content on there that I bet you'll love. The tiers are as follows: one dollar a month is Hulkaholic for a dollar, three dollars a month reading room with Hulk and Shulky, and five dollars a month is Smashing the TV. I also now offer their custom trivia games on Fiverr. So, so if you want to take your game night to the next level, you can hire me. Link to the Fiverr is in the episode description. I'm joined today. Uh, I buy my co-host Keith. How are you doing, Keith? Uh, as if I had not uh, already been talking to you for the past uh, as hour and a half. <laughs> close, close to two hours. We're getting on two hours. Um, I'm doing great, John. How are you? I'm, I'm doing good. I've got uh, I a lot of anger off my chest. Uh, that's, I'm ready to review some quantum mania. All uh, right. So, uh, what do you want all... to talk about first? Uh, well, you want to first, talk about general uh, uh, thoughts? Well, first, uh, it's our alcohol for a dollar. We have Derek Sager, Gabriel Forrell, film creator, and Stephen W. And the game analysis part of the Blind Knowledge Podcast Network. All right, so first, let's uh, let's just talk about general thoughts. I really like this film. Uh, um, I don't think it's uh, it is a perfect film, but I uh, but I did really like it. But uh, it, what did you think? I thought, and and please understand that I mean this with love, and I mean this with of respect. Course. I understand my own uh, and opinion. You're... Okay. Yes. I thought it was just okay. Okay. That's that fine. is my standard. Like right That's now, fine. I'm looking at like the la- I'm comparing it to the last two big releases that I had a problem with, and it was way better than both. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. Yeah. So, uh oh, um, uh, go for it. Or the, I, uh, I really enjoyed the story. Uh, uh story. I like. Uh, I, I thought all the actors did great jobs. Uh, Oz and the roles. Uh, Oz. I particularly, uh, I think. John the Majors, there's he did a fantastic job as Kang. Uh, and I I think I still rather uh, either his He Who Remains performance, uh, uh, Arnts, but uh, uh, but I think next time we get a Kang, uh, and he's gonna have another different performance. So I might like that yeah. the next one even better. Uh, or, um, mostly I like the, the He Who Remains one uh, on better because the He Who Remains felt very different. From any villain we have ever gotten from uh, on from the MCU, it was a because like we've gotten jokey heroes, but we uh, we haven't gotten jokey villains. Yeah. Oh. We, this yeah. was a uh, this is this guy is a jokey trickster guy. Uh, I with he who remains, and I loved that about him. He it it it, it just felt so fresh from what we've gotten in the MCU. I think uh, in this Kang, uh, and he's good. Uh, he's good, but he's, uh, but he also does feel like uh, like a lot like most MCU villains feel. Oh, I would say. I would agree. Yeah, I think also let let's determine something right off the bat. You feel that this Kang that we saw in Quantumania was a one time performance? I I don't know. I like. He might be going somewhere, uh, uh, air when with what how we saw uh, all his quote unquote death at the end. But I don't know. I, I kind of don't want this Kang to continue because I want to see more different performances. Uh, is out of, uh, out of Jonathan Majors, and I want to see. Uh, I want to see him like do different kinds of Kangs in in a bunch of different series and movies like i think it'll be really cool to see a kang show up up at least one episode uh, of agatha coven of chaos i think that that would be a really fun one uh on um i like i think it'll be uh, i and i don't know like 
I I was thinking that uh, I was saying if he was going to uh, this Kang was going to appear again. I think one of the post credit scenes would have been him. Uh, one have been that uh, him popping up on Earth, like outside the quantum realm. Uh, yeah. Um, this one, uh, on, but the fact that they didn't have that instead focused on other Kangs. I don't think we're gonna see this one again. See, I'm a I I I feel okay. Two things. Full transparency. Mm-hmm. I'm currently what the Canadians call zooted, and that means that I've had a little bit of the devil's lettuce, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I know what you're saying. Secondly, okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, secondly, I think that this Kang is 100% coming back. I think the performance no. we got, and based on the MCU's track record of bringing people back, mm-hmm. I think that we were meant to connect with this Kang specifically in a way that was sympathetic to the same way we were kind of meant to connect with a villain like Thanos. And I think that not only is he going to definitely be the one that comes back and is our main Kang and maybe the only one that was ever called a conqueror. Um, but I also think he's going to come back and kill all those variants. That's maybe. Maybe. Before I actually, I, 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 and uh, like, I actually kind of feel like, it, uh, uh, I feel like this Kang, I think uh, like a lot of the stuff he said, I think he was telling the truth. I think uh, I think he was uh, he was going to be the Kang that was needed to defeat the other Kangs uh, and, uh, and, and save uh, the universe uh, Earth, and that uh, and um, there uh, and that and that now that we are uh, now that he's gone. Mm-hmm. That uh, that might be what makes it so the Avengers lose and the Kang, and Kang die in the city and then uh, and then cause a sort of battle world uh, or the uh, uh, until uh, uh, secret uh, wars uh, acre wars and uh, uh, where within that world it, uh, um the other Kangs are going to be the rulers right. and the you fact right. that uh, the fact that uh, uh, and like the fact that they don't have him. Is going to be what makes them lose. I think might be what's going to happen. Well, without revealing, so, so how much of the the Kang comic books are you? I aware? have not read any. Uh, any. I I know of them, but I've not uh, uh, read any. This is just based on what uh, how I felt when after seeing the film. So now I'm because I know a little bit about the Kang storyline because when Young Avengers came out specifically, I was very intrigued by Kang. Um, and if you've read those comics, mm-hmm. you you know what I mean. But the I don't want to spoil things. That I, I well, I know. Uh, uh, well, I know that what the the Kang who is in uh, in Young Avengers is. Okay. And I'm. I think the. Uh, I think there's really only one place that Kang could show up in, and I I think it would be cool if he shows up in it. And that yeah. and that that is Ironheart. Yes. Okay. I agree. Because. Uh, it, because of the person the who that king is, uh, uh, is all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, which I agree, uh, I which I'm not going to spoil exactly who he is, but you should probably be able to figure out from the uh, from the fact that this was a character in Young Avengers. It is going to be a, it would be a young version of Kang. Yes, yes. I kind of wonder if this Kang would be played by uh, I Jonathan Majors or, or is, um with the aging technology, or if they I would. Uh, or if they would just cast a young <laughs> king, just cast a young king, just a <laughs> young actor, an opportunity. You yeah. do not need to youngify someone back to the age that we are talking about. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna look. It's gonna look like. It's gonna look like yeah. little I, man. The I imagine it can't look as bad. Uh, it can't. It can't be as bad as uh, as Sigourney Weaver playing like a fourteen year old girl in Avatar Two. I haven't seen I have, it. I have not seen. I, I have. To. I have not seen it either. I don't want to see it, but I just know that that science in it. I'm like, why? Why would you go with that? That's weird. That's so weird to have a 70 year old woman play a 14 year old. So true. But at the same time, what perfect performance to get her the Oscar? You know what I mean? <laughs> if she did it right, so... it'd be like the impossible. Good job. <laughs> Oh um, no! The, uh, yeah, this this movie. I I played around with my my color uh, lights in my background. Mm-hmm. I know not everybody can see that because it's, this is a podcast. This is audio. <laughs> but I was playing with my coloring to remind me of Quantumania, and I decided not to go with the one that just that reminded me the most, and that's the color of uh, shit brown. I feel like the Quantumania movie 
that was in that was displayed to me in mm-hmm. IMAX size with 3D glasses. Um, and I call them glasses. We well, all do. That's probably yeah. hurt your heart uh, because it's a film like going and see an IMAX with 3D glasses. Was, the thing is, it's like let's make this I, on a big okay. screen and then let's I, up your vision for the whole thing. <laughs> I like IMAX. I've only gone see stuff in IMAX a few times, mm-hmm. but I don't like 3D because it it Fair. hurts my eyes when uh, eyes. Wearing those uh uh so you got uh, uh they glasses. Fog up it's and like they dim everything. It's like tinted um, windows. Yeah, I, I if you were it, it, I feel like you would have had a much more enjoyable experience if you didn't have to wear those 3D glasses. And it was just IMAX. Just like uh, uh just like I think a part of what uh art of what made me enjoy a uh, uh, um multiverse of madness as much as I did was that was one of the few th- films that I have gone to see in IMAX. Which was so yeah. it, it felt like such an experience and to me getting to see an IMAX. Uh, I, I the only I think the only other film that I've actually gone to see in IMAX, I think might be Infinity War. Yeah, there, there's been a few. This is weird. Okay, so there's been many Marvel movies at the theater closest to my home. Um, is are shown in in multiple versions mm. where it's okay. Here's AVX or what IMAX for Cineplex, uh, the, the company. Uh, the IMAX version, here's one without 3D, here's one with 3D, mm-hmm. uh, here's another smaller theater without uh, either, um, and then there's like, you can get D-Box seats, yeah. and like there's, it's so Ooh. many options, and they have them playing in enough theaters that it's mm-hmm. like, okay, you can pick one or the other. So I did see a lot of Marvel movies without the 3D glasses, and with a great big screen, incredible mm-hmm. sound, and Yet this Quantumania only played in one theater, and yeah. it, you had to pick both. That's, and it's like that's okay, you can see that, or in a tiny ass theater. Yeah. a week later. One thing uh, I want to ask about the uh, uh, your theaters with IMAX. Mm-hmm. So the theater uh, uh, theater near me uh, that I always go to, uh, uh, um, which I actually have a uh, which I have a monthly subscription to, which makes it so I can watch as many films as I want there. But uh, uh, but um, it's a surcharge if I do uh, an IMAX ticket, uh, which is the main reason why I don't do IMAX tickets because a lot of times I'm going with other people and I don't want them to have to pay full price for an IMAX ticket. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but one thing that annoys me about my theater is though basically all of the other ones, whether it be real D, uh, real D 3D or it be just a reg- uh, regular standard, uh, they have reclining seats. The IMAX showings do not have reclining seats, and I don't what? understand that. Why? Oh, uh, no. Why would they? Uh, why the more expensive showing doesn't have it? Like, uh, and what, uh, so I was wondering, the IMAX theaters near you, do they have reclining seats? They all the theaters now have them. The first ones that were put in were the IMAX size screens, the big interesting. Screens. They they renovated those ones first. They became the leading thing to kind of get them back. Because, I don't know, like 10 years ago, a lot of movie theaters shut down. Mm. A lot of movie theaters were not popular anymore. They had to change their seating. They had to make the whole thing way more comfortable. And uh, the ones that stuck around, the ones that survived that, mm. like, purge of movie theaters um, were the ones that spent the money on yeah, in the right places. Sense. And so putting those seats in the biggest mm. theaters first was the way to save it. And then... Yeah. Yeah, they they made sure the whole place got a redo, a makeover in the last well, like, eight years. Hey, let's get uh, let's get back to our, our review, so though, since yeah, we don't have a lot of time. <laughs> uh, I, um, so you were talking about uh, how um uh, the the quantum realm of how, of how it looked because you were in uh in an IMAX X three D theater. How the did colors. like well, you're okay? So the colors they, that that was. A lot of brown. Okay, I can understand that. Uh, at, um, yeah. I went into this movie I, wanting I, one thing from it, mm-hmm. and I wanted it to be an exploratory, exploratory world movie. And yeah. I think that they play with good subgenres for the most part in the MCU. And I thought we were going to see the first time that they do like a journey to the center of the earth or like a land of the lost or King mm-hmm. Kong kind of thing where they explore a world we couldn't possibly imagine. And their interaction with the world would have been a lot of fun. That part. <laughs> is more there than i expected to it to be and they met the 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 people who live there and they had a lot of great new characters i like a lot of those characters but then it immediately got derailed uh when we kept bopping back i wish we spent more time with scott and cassie than we did the others yeah 
Um, now, one criticism I've heard of the film, I don't honestly get too much, uh, but uh, I'm wondering if you, uh, you think people saying this feels like a Star Wars film. I didn't really get that because it, 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 because like to me, Star Wars film has to be in space, uh, and you have to get a feel of it being in space. This didn't feel to me like it was in space. This felt like it was just a completely new world. Uh, all, and it, because we didn't, didn't like get space travel, and it, it didn't feel anything like a Star Wars movie to me. What uh, what did you, did you think from that aspect? Do you think it felt like a Star Wars movie? I'm like 70-30. I agree with you 70%. The other 30% of me mm-hmm. gets what they're talking cannot, about. Uh, yeah. If they consume only Star Wars and don't mm-hmm. see a bunch of other movies out there, then Star Wars is what it's going to draw a lot of comparison to. And I, I do agree with the Rebels mm-hmm. specifically and how they were colored and how they were just the costume design. It, it, it sadly, uh, thankfully, it wasn't as Star Wars regurgitated as Aquaman for me, for example, mm-hmm. with the bad guys I in think... Aquaman being colored white and then red, and they all look like iPhones or eye toilets, and uh, it all just looked yeah. like very uniformed, uh, very ripped from the from the Star Wars stuff. And, I think and, the and biggest no with anything else. I think the biggest moment in it that I thought felt somewhat similar to star wars is that the uh, is that the like sort of final battle thing with a bunch with the big armies uh i felt similar to the uh the end of rise of skywalker 100 percent. that like uh, i can see that um yes but it it definitely didn't bother me the feeling uh, uh the the feel of the film of, of the quantum realm like i like that i thought it was Honestly, really cool to seeing this new world. Uh, other than the fact that they had the balls to set the, basically the whole film in there, like that. Uh, like I'm, I'm surprised that they were willing to set the whole film in there. Oh, like you, uh, they even with something like Guardians of the Galaxy, which that is something that's, this is pretty similar to. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, even, uh, that a lot of the time you had physical sets. Versus this, most everything was CGI. That's mm-hmm. pretty. Uh, that's pretty. Um, that's pretty ballsy. I think for uh, Inc. that they were willing to do uh, the whole, uh, basically the whole film after they left the uh, left Earth, be CGI sets. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, I think that they run it. They run a, a a risk doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I, I understand that. Because you gotta you gotta see like the performances especially they have to reflect it as much as the good CGI effects. If your director is not directing your cast to interact with their environment in a believable mm-hmm. way or set them up in the right way for the performance, then it's gonna yeah. tell in that way as opposed to being in the way that oh that's a noticeable yeah. VFX flaw. Um, that's what I'm gonna be drawn to. It's like the performance can speak for itself, mm-hmm. and I feel like a mm-hmm. lot of times. What bothered me most was the fact that the cast didn't seem like they were there. Um, I can presence, understand that. Except for a yeah. few a few people who were very good at it, or their yeah. scenes were in a place that was very believable. Maybe mm-hmm. They built small sets for them. Like Hank and Janet, I think both Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas did a great job. Oh, I, yeah. And I I love how uh, how surprisingly, unlike most old people, it really feels like Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas they're really into what they're doing. They're really interesting. Yes. Like, uh, like, um, Michael Douglas is like, uh, like in interviews, he's talking about the quantum realm and how cool it is, uh, is without being prompted. Yes, he, which tells me he really enjoys what he's doing, and not, uh, and yes. not that he's just doing press because he has to. And that, right. uh, that's a cool thing to me. Uh, a, um. I think the atmosphere on on the set was probably incredibly positive. No, I think it was I a want, really good time. I think they all had a good time. Uh, I, I, yeah, I just remember a funny thing that's been said in multiple interviews, one by uh, uh, Paul Rudd and one by the, uh, the director of the film, that I think you'll find funny because of the, uh, okay. because of the fact that you... Uh, you the color of the film you felt uh, <laughs> felt like shit. Um. So the uh, uh so in interviews they uh, it was they talked about how Marvel got a really really good deal on dirt for some of the scenes where they actually had somewhat of a real set. Yeah. It wasn't dirt. What was it? Manure. No. 
and they so those days those days were absolutely horrible. So Marvel had to rebuy, uh, uh rebuy, uh, uh, a bunch of dirt and then uh, and film those scenes again. Did they get scammed? What the hell I, happened? No, how do you I, I buy? Guess it was, how do you buy manure by mistake? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Someone both uh, both them. the director and Paul Rudd have said in interviews that yeah about this thing. Uh, and so That's, it must have been wow. a really big thing outside. Uh, uh, um, imagine being a dirt <laughs> salesman and then filling half your bags, mm-hmm. even half your bags, with manure, and being like, mm-hmm. "I did it! I convinced everybody this was dirt." Yeah. <laughs> what did you Amazing. think of Modoc? I wasn't even bothered by Modoc. This is like, no, oh, I, I'm not funny, like it's a funny con. It's a funny con. Yeah, I know, I, like I, I'm, I'm not I trying to it. like get you no, say that uh, you were bothered. I like I really enjoyed him. I thought uh, he was a yeah. uh, he was a cool character. Like I was very surprised when they, they decided to bring uh, use Darren as him, but I think it worked really well. I loved it. I loved the idea that they did that with Darren because I do think that it brings more more interest to a character mm-hmm. if you know where they came from and yeah. you saved a lot of time doing a backstory for modok you uh, saw the backstory about yeah. when you saw him man one so it's like that's a thing rooting for him and it obviously is different very different from the comic book version of modok but it's like mm-hmm. some of those characters don't work on screen unless you make some major changes there's the ones yeah. that shouldn't have major changes and the some that maybe could use them i'm not saying they should mm-hmm. they, yeah they could have done the exact depiction of modok but it, no one maybe no one would have gave a shit that's the mm-hmm. thing it's it's yeah. a hard it's a gamble those yeah. characters are a gamble yeah i uh, but i thought he, he had a lot of uh fight scenes i don't think we needed to see his ass but uh ass in the <laughs> film but um, i honestly think yeah. that it, it made sense with the trajectory that they were doing with him they were making mm-hmm. him an absolute for comic relief character yeah. and then it made you laugh 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 so much that by the end if you laughed enough and liked him it was mm-hmm. a kind of tragic uh, end for him. I I I loved uh, loved his conversation with Cassie about him being a dick. That was so good. Uh, uh, 100%. Um which uh, us uh, again uh, to Cassie. What did you think of Cassie? Uh, Cassie? I I really enjoyed Catherine Noon and and the role. I don't uh, I don't I, I know I I I think I liked the child actor better, uh, uh, better, but obviously you can't. It wouldn't made sense for them to have uh, the child actor. But I think Kat Newton yeah. did a good job, and she seemed uh, like she seems very into it uh, to me. Uh, uh, the both on screen and in, and in interviews, like she's so excited that she's in the MCU, mm-hmm. and it uh, and it feels nice seeing actors who are like uh, like really excited about what they're doing in the uh, in this world because they're fans and their uh, hands are not like they uh, after a while uh, a lot of the actors in the MCU they they stop seeming in interviews like they're really big fans of hands uh, of it and they it yeah. feels more like a job versus it's felt it feels to me with Catherine Newton like like she has, uh, it's this new fresh thing, and she's like really excited about all this. I I really love that energy hey, from her. A hundred percent. I I I think that I I've seen Catherine Newton in other things where mm-hmm. she has been and shown her like oh yeah cut of her teeth as I, far as an actor. Like she kills it uh, in a lot of her projects. Yeah, I, I really enjoy her in Freaky. Have you seen Freaky? I haven't seen Freaky. I have seen Big Little Lies, oh, yeah. and that's so, where she was introduced to me first. Oh, uh, um, Freaky! Uh, I, I part of why I watch it not just because uh, uh, I I watch it for two reasons actually. Uh, a one uh, one because I uh, and because it sounded like a fun a uh, uh, fun film uh, uh, with mm-hmm. the uh, of a concept that the uh, this serial killer goes uh, mm-hmm. his mind goes in the uh, the um body of this uh, teenage girl, but the uh, but also, uh, also, I watch it because actually, a f- a friend of mine, uh, I who does a lot of like extra roles in films, appeared and uh, aired in it at the end, and I, I thought really? that was really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's very cool. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm gonna check out Freaky because I I have no reason not to watch it's... it. I've seen it advertised before, and I I thought the concept was funny. I'll check it out. Yeah. Um. um... My, my my deal with. Cassie as a character Mm -hmm. comes purely from the fact of how I think she was written and directed. I don't think it was Catherine Newton's character Mm -hmm. uh, 
issue at all or her problem at all. I think mm-hmm. that if we are to, first of all, um, just basically berating her online is the worst thing you could do for yeah. any young person who has not yeah. a whole lot of say in what the products that projects and everything going on in them. So uh, that's a little stupid and I hate mm-hmm. people are doing that. But um, no, I think that if we are to give Chris Hemsworth another shot after Thor one and two, when it comes to maybe the writing wasn't perfect, maybe the direction mm-hmm. wasn't perfect, but they did a good job. I think that's the same steps yeah. I'd give Catherine. Yeah. I think she did a good job I think and the character could have been written better. Mm-hmm. Uh, after uh, one thing immediately after the film, uh, okay. Uh, and I, I watched it. I was uh, furious. I'm hoping that the uh, opening that the, um, lady who's the leader of the rebellion comes back and that uh and that Catherine newton and her can be a couple because they uh, are uh, oh, um cassie and her can be a couple i think Gentura? they had a lot of yeah gentora about- uh, yeah i think they had a lot of chemistry uh on three and i thought it was a lot of, uh, I, I think it'll be fun to see that uh i've seen the uh, but there's one other person though that uh oh that I've seen people uh, ship her with uh, uh, that I also would not mind if they did this. Uh, uh, I'm wondering which one you would rather, uh, uh, Gentora or Kate Bishop? Uh, 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 for With Cassie? With Cassie. I personally, I don't know the, I don't know which one she would make sense more with, but I have no issue with either. Yeah, um, I can understand that. I haven't really thought about shipping either of them, but I think yeah. I'd almost rather see Cassie and, and Kate Bishop than Cassie and yeah. Tora because I feel they're closer in age. Mm-hmm. I can uh, see I that, and I also uh, and I and, I and also I think they would uh, they would be so much fun on together on screen. Yeah, and I think it would get I think uh, it would also give Catherine Newton the oh, opportunity yeah. to play with someone who is funny and ad libs, and you can tell that uh, they had a blast making uh, Hawkeye. TV show oh yeah instead, I, i'm not certain like i know she had fun with paul rudd but i think oh, that yeah. she spent yeah. a lot of time talking to see like characters that were not paul rudd and mm-hmm. had to act in a lot of situations that were poorly but, uh, so i wanted yeah i would say oh uh, yeah a couple moments i will uh, that i want to particularly mention and, and and these are moments that uh, are Probably not surprising for me to mention because it's a, a Hulk podcast. But one of them, the <laughs> uh, the joke at the beginning of uh, of um the uh, of how Scott is Hulk's baby, uh, and I I loved that joke. <laughs> uh, yeah, am I? Well, uh, especially baby? since uh, especially since Scott, I think I think and I may be wrong about this, but I think of uh, any character in the MCU, my personality is most similar to uh, Scott Lang's personality in the MCU. And so it's it, it, so to me, it's kind of like that uh, be able to say that I'm Hawk's baby. And I love that. <laughs> I love um, that too. I love that, too. <laughs> I want that for you. And, I'm proud of you. And then also, uh, also near the end of the film, when we see a giant Cassie, I'm pretty sure it was the exact same movements uh, uh, that Hulk made uh, uh, a on Loki. Uh, uh, Loki when she was oh, uh, yes. hitting uh, uh, hitting Modok into the ground, which I which yeah. I love that. Uh, she tuned um, him up. Yeah, she tuned him up, and it's funny because that led to their heart to heart about not being a dick. Oh yeah, and it's like it's like the Hulk taught Loki something. And then Cassie taught Modoc something. Mm-hmm. And it was all through a beatdown beyond compare. And I think that's important. Mm-hmm. And I think that's yeah. an awesome thing that Cassie did uh, for Modoc uh, before he died. <laughs> um, uh, there, was, there was some good writing in this. Can I say yeah. there was some uh, really good writing in this that I, I don't fault the writers entirely for everything about this movie. Um, I think that there's some things that they did poorly, which is writing Cassie's dialogue. Makes I think sense. there's other yeah. things that were very funny. Like they made Modoc funny. The part that worked for me yeah. about Modoc yeah. was the like, way his lines were written. He, like, he's saying to Cassie, "I barely recognize you." There's when some people who it's so funny. There, there's some people oh, who like complained about Modoc because they made him this ridiculous joke, and it's like Modoc's always been a ridiculous joke in the comics. 100%. He's a big head. Yeah. What, do you think he's going to be the most serious co- character in the comics? Like, no. 
and it's funny because comic books like there are some definite hilarious villains like out there villains that mm-hmm. are not like they're not the same as the serious villains out there but there are some great ones in x-men comics there are some great ones in batman's comics why not more marvel ones be featured in these movies that are ridiculous oh yeah they take that they were a joy to read if you read the comics and then you see the movie it's like not everything has to be great. Yeah, like obviously the marvel has always played with that idea so yeah, it's it's silly to be uh, so mad. I that. last year I had uh, like I at the end of last year one of the Christmas comics that I read for my Patreon featured Hulk fighting uh, a rhino wearing a uh, a Santa suit. Would it be so fun to see in live action rhino in a Santa suit? <laughs> Wouldn't that be so much uh, fun? Like, oh my god. Look, I had my most fun in 2022. Some of my favorite comedy Marvel moments were was was Drax and uh, Mantis chasing down Kevin Bacon <laughs> yeah. in his own house. That is a fucking joy to see. Mantis mm-hmm. was terrifying, but also hilarious. Uh, How is that not fun? Mm-hmm. Like, play with that stuff. And Marvel not getting to be silly sometimes. Like, Yes, they were very silly in 2022. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes too silly. Uh, Thor. But there were great moments with the fun and Mm, with the jokes that need to continue on. And if we're going to get a serious-ass ending to Guardians 3 Mm -hmm. or a very scary uh, Quantumania secret evasion, like a lot of these look very serious. Oh, yeah. There's got to be fun moments. And why the hell would you go to an Ant-Man movie? I I kind of feel like we're... uh, like. We're going to get a hell of a lot more serious stuff in Phase 5. And I think the reason they, they made uh, in Phase 4 more comedy is to give you a palate cleanser after the hell of serious stuff you dealt, uh, that we dealt with with Infinity War and Endgame. Those are heavy films. Uh, Allison. So they probably wanted to give us a, uh, like a, a palate cleanser, I think. And now that we're uh, now after that, I think they're now going to start ramping back up some of the more serious stuff. Um, 100%. And that's what the now, comic books do. What, and that's what the last phase did. It's, I mean, what Wakanda did you Forever, think? was that a comedy? Uh, well, no, I no, I don't think the, the funny yeah. category. Yeah. They had to deal with so um, many serious things. What, uh, what do you think of, uh, like, of the side characters in the rebellion of, like, uh, of, like David S. uh and characters who's obsessed with holes. Okay, this is where we're gonna. I knew this was gonna happen. But my biggest disagreement with you, I feel, is gonna be this. You ready? Mm-hmm. They introduced four new main characters. If you don't, if you don't count the penis-shaped building, four new <laughs> quantum mania characters. I yeah, that was so. That was honestly like, <laughs> why did they decide to make them look like penises? They're, like everybody when going to see this film thought they looked like penises. They they there's no yeah. way people didn't. How could you How not? Could you not? <laughs> um, and that ain't us. And that's not a that's not a Freudian slip. Okay, so just <laughs> shut that down. Um, but no, the uh, the thing I think was missing from this movie, and I'm going to sound like a nutcase when I say it, is death. And when I say death, mm-hmm. I mean a, of a character that people don't want to see or care about. They don't want to see die or they care about. So mm-hmm. you've now introduced four new Quantumania characters. Okay, there's Gentora. Yeah. There's, is it Veb? I think, yeah, um, I Zeb like a... and Veb maybe uh, or, or Veep the, the, uh, Veep maybe the goo guy I think is Veb and I don't remember the name of the guy who can yeah. read minds who's from the goo I think place. that's uh, I think um Veb is is the whole guy and then Zed I think maybe is the uh, is the guy who can read minds weird I am Jackson Harper played yeah I. His name was Quaz. Okay, Quaz. Okay, so it's Veb and Quaz. So wait, wait, I got, I got, I got a okay. point. I don't remember the the name of the guy who had the big cannon for a head. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they okay. even gave him a name, but I, I think it was like Oslon or Solomon or something like that. But it rhymed maybe. Anyways, I cared about the other three. I'm not saying that I didn't care about this guy because he had a light cannon for a head, but I feel like they didn't give him a whole lot of connection with the audience. Yeah. They made it a innocuous character to die out of the four of them. They didn't in that tiny tertiary third tier mm-hmm. supporting actors group. 
they killed the person we couldn't care less about. Hmm. And yet in the main cast as well, they didn't kill any of them. And it's like, okay, you missed one opportunity by not really killing anybody that we were emotionally attached to. And then the big stakes was to make Kang scary and they Hmm. didn't kill anyone. Yeah. I can I can see that. Um oh, I don't but, uh, but which one oh which character would you have wanted them to kill? Probably Quaz. I like I like Veb too much because it's yeah. it's the other voice. It's yeah, I, other, I, I really enjoyed uh, I'd, uh, I'd have, uh, I have, I I like I was cheering in the theaters but he uh, he was like I finally yeah. have holes, and then he became the, becomes a swallowing like succubus yeah. monster. What the hell? I that was Claus, amazing. Uh, so Claus, I thought he was a cool character, uh, uh, character, I, I but I also think he was it was waste. It's yeah. because that's such a great actor, and that's such a small role. Agreed, but if they kept they kept him alive, so that means he's going to have future appearances. Yes, Whereas if they yes, killed but, him like, and we loved him, it would make us. Take the movie more okay. seriously. Yes, yes, and I, uh, I, I, I mean, uh, by I mean, like, um, I think someone who's as good of an actor as this should get a role that's as big it's as like a uh, big yeah. as like Reed Richards. But I don't know if he yeah, would have been perfect, uh, uh, good for Reed Richards. I know some people can't fan cast him as Reed Richards, but someone of that level of importance, I think this actor deserves that because he's such a great actor. Uh, he's good. He's been good it, in everything I've seen him. In. I I I did like the uh, really like the joke though that uh, as uh, when we first saw him, he's like, "Please stop thinking that. Stop Please thinking stop. that." Yeah, and he's like, "Stop he, thinking he's I'm like, weird." He's like, "Well, well, I think you look weird." And he's like, "No, I didn't think that." It's like, "Yes, you did." Okay, yeah, I did, but like, I'm just uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> like that was it was a really funny interaction. Yeah. Oh, this actor has been good in everything I've seen him in. A, I just think that he could also have been. Yeah, the one I can that understand that. I think a he's a little over. It would have been. Uh, it definitely would have been uh, in good for them them to kill him off because then they can recast him as another character in the future, just like they've recasted uh, as Gemma Chan uh, and from appearing in a smaller role in Captain Marvel to being a main character in Eternals, things like uh, that. Like I. <laughs> They like they. Uh, I I would definitely have been a good level. thing uh, if they killed him off. I can uh, definitely see that. Um, like I I saw a lot of people before the film came out saying, "Oh, they they gotta kill uh, uh kill Scott Lang off." I'm like, none of these care. Uh, none of the uh, none of the heroes have ever gotten killed off in their third film. Why would you expect they're gonna be uh, do something different here? Uh, uh, here and like also, why do you want the uh, want an Ant Man movie to end <laughs> so sad? True, good point. Like this is their this is supposed to be Marvel's like most comedic uh, movie franchise. Eyes. Yeah. Why would you want that? Would be I would say pretty jarring to people who liked the first two films. If the uh, if the third film just like was like we're going to go in the complete opposite direction of where uh, of where this franchise has gone. But do you honestly look at the Ant Man trilogy as their own trilogy, and you're going to go see just those three and nothing else? I yeah, uh, they they're really? it's a trilogy, yeah. I don't see I've how I always be. looked at them as part of yes. It's almost like as soon as they started with Phase One and connected them, I think that they to me they gave up individual franchise um, sectioning to a degree because they have to make them consistent to a degree. But I think they started blurring the lines a sec the second they started connecting mm-hmm. all the movies. Uh, so I it's can like understand if you go that. see any of these, you're telling a through a, a through uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for um a through line that reaches from the beginning of the first Iron Man movie all the way to whatever they do next and if they're going to keep involving mm-hmm. all these characters in this one universe it's the first time it's ever been done other than Star Wars which kind of started copying mm-hmm. them even more so after they started doing it but that. um yeah. yeah like to me it's like yes the the, the I understand the Ant Man movie mm-hmm. ending happy. Yeah, I didn't. When I walked into it, the way they marketed it, Uh Ant Man might die. Let's be honest. That's what one of the trailers was ending. Yeah, Ant Man might die. Okay, one big thing from the trailers that 
I I was a little disappointed we didn't get any of it in the movie. It was the trailer is very much uh, as made it seem like that like Scott's uh, uh, um character arc would be that he cares uh, uh, he wants to get the time back with uh, uh with Cassie that he missed because of a uh, cause of the blip that was not at all part of what the uh, art of what we saw in the film. We we should have a lot more Scott and Cassie. Like that, like they ne- uh, like they made it seem like that was what the uh, the deal between Scott and uh, uh and Kang was going to be. But then True. in the film, it's just that he wants to get out of the quantum realm. You're right. That would have um, been. You know how about you know? Okay, run with me here for mm-hmm. just a second. Do you know how much more interesting a movie that would have been if that was the plot instead of just a revolution? Uh, That's twisted and it's one thing, and it's it's complicated. So, uh, for apparently, the original ending of the film, uh, um, and this this has not been uh, completely confirmed, but a bunch of leakers have said this. Apparently, the original ending of the film was going to have that uh, have that um Scott and uh, and um what's her name uh, uh, uh and no wasp. no um uh wasp uh whatever hope wasp hopes uh, hope um. Sky and Hope, we were going to be stuck in the uh, quantum realm at the end of the film, apparently, originally. Which, I idea. which I, I saw a lot of people like being like, that should have been what the ending was for the film. I, I kind of, I, I disagree, very much disagree with that because the big reason, because the reason for me is that would have just felt like a rehash of the same uh, of the ending yeah. from um, Ant Man the Wasp, like, yeah. You can't just end multiple Ant-Man films uh, um, with the same thing. That's yeah. just dumb. I am glad that they were out of the quantum realm by the end of this movie. I would have been pissed. Honestly, this this is the movie where you spend the most time like in the quantum they're... realm. Now let's go back to the real world with what we've learned type of thing. Yeah. Like, oh. that's, how, that's how you do the next one. I would hate like, if were anybody. From what I... Uh, from... What I seem to remember hearing like months ago when uh when leakers first started reporting that being like the ending, they were saying that they were going to be in the uh and they were going to just be left in there until uh El Kang Dynasty, which would just felt exactly like what uh like yeah what happened before. It's like no, why would we want why would we want them to just rehash it? I, I and that's honestly why what I think happened by the end is what happened is the mm-hmm. Kang the Conqueror that is going yeah. to be the big bad. He was nerfed in a place without time and space. He was nerfed there. They explained yeah. that many times. And then he disappears by the end. He's not dead. He's disappeared. He's going to reappear, and we're going to see him basically be the strongest Kang. That's why he got the name the Conqueror, and that's why he's a threat to the mm-hmm. rest of them in his unleashed place where he can fix his suit mm-hmm. manipulate time and space again to the degree that he's the best at it of all those nice. guys okay. so that's what i think is going to be the case but i'll yeah. ask you this mm-hmm. i went into the trailers i i feel like they were trying to make it look like and it was all what you'd call clickbait to make it look like ant-man was gonna die in his own freaking threequel his uh squeakquel the ch- mm-hmm. chip wreck or whatever um <laughs> he's gonna die in his third movie and that was going to be the draw for a lot of people to go and see it because they're worried about Ant-Man dying. You know who by the end of the movie I thought 100% should die and they made it almost a perfect worship of that character. The best we've ever seen them uh, before the end of that movie and they should have just killed them off for the I'm thinking. I'm thinking Hank. 100%. They gave that guy the best lines. They mm-hmm. gave him the best moments. Michael oh, yeah. Douglas killed it in that performance and is what I thought was his last and best performance of Ant-Man being the ant mm-hmm. If he's not going to grow and shrink, he's going to go get his ant buddies and come in with the cavalry and have that cheesy freaking I yeah. am I late <laughs> line. Like, sorry if I'm late line. Yeah. That was so cheesy. I hated that part. That line alone made me mad. But anyway, mm-hmm. the rest of it was written to the point where if they had killed him at the end of that movie, it would have made the most mm-hmm. sense. It would have been it would have been yeah. so poetic. Oh, anyways, mm-hmm. that's yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think the last thing that I really want to talk about uh, uh, with this review that is uh, that, I, that I was surprised that the, the film didn't actually explicitly reveal um and is a big question for me where is the tva the uh so 
the TVA headquarters. Elite, I, it definitely felt based on what they were saying in the film of what the quantum realm is. That's exactly what we heard of what the uh, of the place where the uh, uh the TVA is is in Loki. Uh, it, time works differently here. Things that are powerful don't uh, aren't powerful here. Um, and the uh, and I also think that the uh that Kang's fortress from the outside and at least one area on the inside looks exactly like the TVA. Like uh, particularly one of the hallways that uh, that Cassie and um Genora, uh, how uh, however now Gentora's uh, name is one of the hallways they walked through looked like a uh, like one of the hallways that we saw uh, saw Loki and uh, and Mobius uh, is just walk through I think in episode one of Loki uh, like. So I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking currently, I may be wrong about this, but I think there's multiple quantum realms in different universes, and the uh, and the one that that Loki's in is in a, just in a different universe, and that uh, and and because if it were the same one, I'm pretty sure that building got destroyed in this. So what a, I went. Okay, what about this? Mm-hmm. I don't mean to cut you off. Did you have more to? No, 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 I'm I'm good. What about this? We were in we were introduced to a few things about the multiverse this last year that might have been important, mm-hmm. might have been fan service, or might have been something we should pick up on and, and make pay attention to later. One of the things that might have happened is Kang's universe, where he is the big statue in the TVA, or uh what we haven't learned about yet. We just know it is an existence that's mm-hmm. <laughs> a version yeah. of the TVA. Um could be an incursion with okay. our universe. What I want most is for that to be a huge plot point in Loki oh, yeah. season 2. I want more complication and less dumb things down. And and I think the idea that that if you don't make some of the stuff complicated and if we weren't heading in this direction to make more complication with things like timelines, multiverses and that's got to get twisted right so use it for plot mm-hmm. make it more interested interesting and don't talk down to your audience well two of my favorite marvel movies that people maybe agree or don't agree with are uh, my favorite two of my favorites are days of future past the x-men movie because mm-hmm. they play with everything and they take risks and it feels like a comic book because comic books are complicated and they're nuts. And if you follow enough issues of them, it all makes sense. Oh, yeah. So to play with that was so I admired the shit out of that movie for for swinging as hard as they, as they did. And another one that not everybody agrees with me on, especially is Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron is not everybody's oh, yeah. MCU movie, but it's complicated as hell. And to me, it doesn't talk down to its viewers. It's got things mm-hmm. like AI, it's got Ultron and and Vision's interconnectivity. It's got two characters you think are the villains switching sides. It's got a lot of characters being introduced and a lot of conflicts mm-hmm. getting set up and it felt like a conflict. Yeah, and you have and you also have um Thor's visions uh, uh, yes. and, which don't actually amount to much. It's true. And there's some missteps and there's some mm-hmm. some tissue, connective tissue to other movies that is innocu- completely useless. There's other connective tissue to other, other properties that I think is entirely helpful mm-hmm. and a really fun thing to want to follow. So not all of oh, it. Yeah. Some of it is totally super But it's uh, but, but yeah, I I enjoyed all uh, Age of Ultron a lot. Uh, uh um and I would say, uh, and uh, I would say that is probably the uh, uh, the Avengers film that embraces the ridiculousness the most, yeah. and the most. Uh, and I, yeah, I would say like really the most comic booky feeling. Yeah, it definitely. started a new trend of like, hey, we can make these packed with a lot, and they don't have to be garbage. Some some things get so caught up in too much stuff or too. What was that? What was the the, the famous thing that's like too many villains, too many villains. The hell is um, Spider Man Three. Thank you, Spider Man Three. Too many villains. And then again, what's uh, then again with Amazing Spider Man Two. Amazing Spider Man Two did the same mistake twice. I don't get it, but it was it was franchise ending. I don't get both times. Anyways, I don't know how they didn't learn from that mistake. Sony is in their own game as far as learning from their mistakes. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm honestly very scared for uh for Spider Man across the uh, Aussies. 
the Spider-Verse because I'm like yeah. I I'm so worried that uh that Sony's going to mess with it and not just let the uh not just let uh at Phil uh, uh Chris Lord and Phil yeah, Miller or uh, no maybe yeah. Chris Miller Chris and Phil Lord, Lord yeah. uh, or not just let them do what they want with it. So many sequels fail on the fact that they many are made for money. They're not mm-hmm. made with heart. They're not made with yeah. thought, and, and they're made purely to basically recreate the exact same thing. Yeah, and like bigger. when a uh, when yeah. a film becomes really successful, then the sequel, the uh, the um studio wants to put their grubby hands on it versus my, it. Yeah. Yeah. Versus if it didn't wasn't successful, they would be uh, allowed to do whatever they wanted. Uh, I um, which I think um, uh, I think part of what uh, I have what actually gave them the uh, I gave them the ability to be able to do whatever they wanted with it is uh, is that Sony by themselves failed twice with Spider Man. So uh, oh, they're like, let's let other people uh, uh, handle these things that are uh, angst and people are gonna enjoy it more. And also, Sony was way too focused on the Emoji Movie. <laughs> very right, very right. Um, what I was gonna say is the the one of the most consistent um, properties, and in, in my opinion, of quality that the the MCU has in a trilogy mm-hmm. is the three Spider-Man movies that the MCU got to make. Yeah. They made them different enough. They made them the same enough. They made them the most consistent in tone, in character and dynamics, in uh, what we wanted to see next and elevating things in the right pace. No homecoming, homecoming, far from home and no way home are, are three of the best. Each one is better than the last um, in, a, in a lot of people's opinion. Not everybody's. I understand why, yeah. but it yeah. escalates things in the right speed. Um, to make a very consistent trilogy, and I think that I don't know that there's a trilogy. You know, you want to talk about would... breaking up the MCU into trilogies. What's the most consistent trilogy, if mm-hmm. not Spider-Man? Uh, uh, I think I would definitely be one to uh, to disagree with you there on the all with the Spider-Man one. Like, like they're all good. They're all right. good, but I wouldn't say that that each gets better. I would actually place it as uh, uh, place it as um both homecoming and no way home are better than far from home but far from home still good uh and yeah. that's mainly because far from home feels weird uh it uh, uh, feels weird like for the main reason he's not in new york uh, arc and that and yeah. just feels out of place for spider-man and um but uh, uh i uh, uh as i've mentioned to you before or uh, i have one big issue with uh no way home of the uh, um of the memory spell at the end, uh, uh and yeah. it's a bit, it's such a big issue to me. Uh, a, um, so like I love, uh, I love No Way Home for nostalgia purposes, but honestly, I would say as a, uh, as a film, of the, uh, a, a fan of the franchise and the, uh, and um, wanting like more, uh, uh, like like a better film, I would actually go with, uh, uh go with, uh, with Spider Man Homecoming, uh, and, I I think Spider-Man Homecoming is one of the best Spider-Man films that's ever been made because it really feels like this is a teenager. I 100% so much agree. more I, than any of the other Spider-Man yeah. movies. Like it uh, like I, I it feels and it feel and it feels like a hometown uh, and yes. superhero and neighborhood Spider-Man. So uh, yeah. yeah, like uh, like even uh, the other uh, other two iterations of Spider-Man you had they uh, they had he just immediately went into New York City instead of like, I'm going to protect my area that that feels like a almost a residential area, uh, and and I find that kind of cool that they uh, uh, they tried uh, for that. Uh, I think it really matched the tone of Spider Man from the comics that I absolutely love. I think I I can absolutely understand that perspective, and I. And a part of me is very glad uh, out of the three of them that two of them, not one of them, mm-hmm. took place in New York City. Um, I was very glad that because Spider-Man is so centric to that to that city um, for a lot of fans. I get that. Absolutely. I think it just the, the even though he took a departure um, 
He was still in high school, though. It didn't feel like oh, yeah. he was on like a summer trip or something, but <laughs> waiting far from home. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then he was back to high school. Uh, the I, movie did not take place in high school. I would agree. The, fir- the third mm-hmm. movie does not feel like it. Either. And I also right. uh, and I also uh, oh, oh, find annoying how uh, how like we were promised with the uh, with the MCU films that they would be a, a Spider-Man getting to team up with other uh, other heroes. Yeah. You didn't get that in Far From Home. They teamed he, up with Mysterio, didn't you see? Okay, Mysterio, but I mean, like, uh, I mean, like characters he could never, he could never been allowed to uh, appear alongside uh, I before, like, uh, like people like Captain America or uh, or Hulk uh, uh, yeah, or yeah. Uh, or Black Widow or whatever, mm-hmm. or well, Black that Widow couldn't cool. appear in uh, uh, there, but. Like no, you're right. I, I wanted to. Uh, I I want to see these character interactions, and we didn't get those from uh, uh from far from home. I mean, I feel like we got a backlash at the time of uh, when Homecoming came out. I don't think everybody agreed that it was a good Spider-Man movie. I think a lot of people were mad mm-hmm. that he was like a disciple or a or a or a, mm-hmm. a mentee and a padawan to uh, Iron Man. And I think a lot of people complained enough that Marvel listened to those people. And I don't know. I don't know how they do their their data yeah. collection of reactions, but I feel like so much more is yeah. based on fans' reactions online than it used to be. Obviously, and yeah. It's just it's just it's maddening to see maybe the wrong direction get mm-hmm. taken when it could have been so, better for the integrity of the character in the story. Well, okay. Back to the Quantum Mania. Yeah. Is there any final? Is there any final things you'd like to say about this film? Uh, um, that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, like any final like parts of the film you uh, think are important to talk about? I think there are some fantastic jokes in this movie. I think there was a lot of it that was done really well. That's why I think mm-hmm. that it is much better than the two biggest movies I had a problem with last year. You know, biggest movies I've had mm-hmm. a problem with in a long time. Um, so I, I think it was good. I think there's just improvements that could have been mm-hmm. made, and uh, and I I have different feelings on how mm-hmm. it ended than a lot of people. I th- uh, one thing I think they definitely should have done, and st- uh, on not just because uh, us Bill Murray is a shitty person, but just because <laughs> I think it would make more sense within the movie. Yeah, I uh, have that they allude to the uh, allude to oh, oh Janet having had an affair with Kang instead of uh, instead of Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah, I think that that would have like felt uh, fit really uh, fit really well into the film with the how close they got uh, uh, in the film uh, um, versus sure. there wasn't. I, I like it. Kind of felt like there wasn't much point to uh, uh, on it with Bill Murray well, being yeah, in there. With, with with some viewers, it's it's safer to have uh, her have a relationship with an old white man instead of instead of Jonathan Majors. So the the, the uh, fans, you know, maybe they're trying to make less uh, <laughs> off that are that are racist and ignorant. Uh, I don't know. Well, Who knows? Well, um, but the uh, uh, so that's about uh, that's everything. The for... They went with the think... safe way, is what I mean. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I, I have think, nothing else to say. I don't know. Um, do you want to uh, uh, give me sign to say an announcer voice that I uh, said this off? I want you to say uh, my favorite line from the movie Ant-Man and the Wasp. Okay. Okay, do you want me to type it into the chat? Sure. Very interested in what this is going to be. Like, You've got to do both voices, okay? Oh, do God. Your best impression of both voices. I, and I truly do. I'm not saying this ironically or sarcastically. This is my favorite part. One of my favorite lines okay. as far as jokes, joke writing goes. Uh, I don't know why, but I'm feeling like one of them is going to have to do with uh, with holes. No, it's not. It's not. This is this is me genuinely <laughs> showing. I I did like I did really like the holes. <laughs> I liked all the talk about holes. It was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but um this one made me very much like the uh the dynamic between Scott and Cassie um because I feel like they could have they definitely could have explored it more and spent more time on it especially when mm-hmm. they didn't do some of the things like narratively that I thought they were going to do like kill certain people's off, people off mm-hmm. and stuff like that so yeah, they, they they could have spent way more time with these two characters cuz I don't think either one of them was at risk because everybody loves Ant-Man and everybody wants to see a young avenger that can grow oh yeah um, and shrink <laughs> so okay so here's my lines to you my <laughs> okay. some of my favorite lines 
from Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Alright. Okay. Um You can say who said that too. Yeah. So Scott uh, uh Scott says it's like camping. We love camping. Cassie uh Cassie responds, We've never been camping, Dad. <laughs> well, uh, it wasn't say dad, but uh, I whatever. Uh, I just added that in. Um, and Scott, uh, uh, Scott responds, but we've talked about it. <laughs> I, I love that part. Sorry, thank you so much. That was great. That's good. All right. Well, I uh, uh, hope you guys enjoyed uh, uh, this Quantum Mania review. Uh oh. Um, and I uh, and I uh, I hope you guys enjoy the fact that we're get uh, you're getting. Two episodes within a week's time. Uh, uh, I'm since we're uh, since we split this up in, uh, up in two episodes. Uh, oh, it's the rant and the uh, and the quantum mania review. So, uh, oh, thank you for listening. If you like this game analysis, please give a five star review on Apple Podcasts and a five star rating on Spotify. I'd love uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the film. So please let me know. And if you like to listen to more from me, please subscribe. Many more game analysis from me coming. So keep on the lookout. This again is your host, Master Ray John, signing off.